Hey, everybody. Due to technical difficulties, we missed the first eight minutes or so of Kixie's uh, recording uh, in which uh, she provided three valuable pieces of information. One was how to pronounce her first name, which I believe is Kixie. Um, the second and third were uh, the definitions of Y12SR, which is Yoga of 12-Step Recovery, and SOAR, S-O-A-R, which is... Um, success over addiction and relapse. And those are two uh, of the elements of Kixi's yoga recovery practice uh, that we talk a lot about. So uh, all that information is available on her site, yogarecovery.com, um, as well as information about Kixi and um, the link to Studio Live TV classes, which uh, we mentioned again at the end. So uh, Thanks for that, and it starts with me asking her to back up a bit to, to talk about how she came to be in recovery. Uh, thank you, and enjoy the show. The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober. K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R and SinceRightNow.com with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Uh, It's uh, definitely working now. Um, I'll have to take a look at the, the first, uh, less than 10 minutes. Um, and uh, thanks, thanks for that. And I can stitch it together. So do me one favor, back up because I was a bit distracted to, I heard military industrial complex. <laughs> okay. And, and, and can, you, can you back up that far a couple minutes, a minute or two? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So where was I? I was working, working hard, finding all of my uh, accolades and my sense of self-worth through my job. Okay. I, it turned out I was good at my job, but so much so that I didn't, I'd gotten totally out of touch with who I was. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and I would say that I was on that emotional relapse and um, decided to take a yoga class. Mm-hmm. And um, that yoga class uh, kind of unwound me. And uh, I was able to tap into something, some storm that was brewing inside of me. Right. It caused me to cry and feel feelings. And I didn't know the story behind what was making me cry. And it wasn't always bad. Sometimes I felt good and I would cry. So this is your first yoga class this happened. Yeah. I mean, I had done, you know, TV yoga. But this was the first time where I'm I'm with a teacher and they're guiding me and the the uh, pace of the yoga class was a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, than what i had chosen on on videos and tv it was i don't know the, it was the right time it was the right teacher it was what the right place yeah and uh um so you know physically i was experiencing those the the benefits of the practice the stretch and and emotionally i was I was opening up inside myself, um, and I would. Uh, I belong to uh, a runners group. We ran before the Pushing Up Daisies group in Annapolis, Maryland, and um, so we'd go meet at like seven in the morning and run five miles, and then I'd lead them through some yoga before we went into the meeting. 
And uh, they really liked it. And it, it got so that the 10 or 15 minutes before the meeting wasn't enough. And they wanted to come over and we'd do some yoga for an hour or so after the meeting. So as that expanded, I realized that, you know, that this is not just good for me. It's good for everybody. Yeah. So I looked into becoming a yoga teacher. Um, and it was when I got into becoming a yoga teacher that I started really studying the philosophy of yoga. Because, you know, people think, oh, you can be a yoga teacher. You're going to learn how to sequence and how to do poses, yeah. how to adjust people. Right. Well, that is like 10% of what you learn. Wow. Mm -hmm. Physiology, you've got anatomy, you've got the, the uh, philosophy of yoga, as well as, um, you know, you, you choose a tradition and you learn a little bit about the, that tradition. And the tradition I chose ultimately was the uh, um, Himalayan Yoga Institute uh, from Honesdale, PA. Uh, I was by that time I'd moved to uh, Chicago and I was uh, living and working out there. And, and so I, I took my training with a woman by the name of Sarla Walters. But as I was studying the um, the 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 philosophy, I kept remarking to myself, "This is so much like recovery." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I I go to bookstores. I went on the internet to say, you know, who is combining yoga and recovery? Mm -hmm. it, somebody has to have done it. And it and wasn't there. It wasn't there. Wow. And, but, and this is, this is like the big cosmic joke, but mm -hmm. the, the lineage is for, for, um, for Bill Wilson mm -hmm. is that, you know, he had tried the Oxford group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had those six steps, which he had expanded to 12, yeah. but the Oxford group was an offshoot of the theosophists. And the theosophists were the a group for out of Britain that went out to the East coast that studied the Vedas, which are the spiritual oh. texts of the Rishis, yeah. the philosophers in, in India that influenced, of course, yoga. So here you have wow. coming through the theosophists to the Oxford group, yeah. which had to have influenced uh, Bill Wilson. And then you have uh, the Yamas and the Niyamas, which are the restraints and the observances of yoga, which really are woven into the steps. Wow. And is it, is it a, like the philosophy of yoga as, and cause I said, I do yoga a lot and it's, uh, but I don't, you know, it's a lot of the classes I like to go to are, you know, hot yoga and they're, they're more of workouts, right? They're not, they're not, I've been to pose classes and spiritual classes and I like all those things, but, but tell me like the philosophy, if, if recovery is, uh, you know, the cleanup, the this give up, clean up, live up idea, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you find in the philosophy of yoga? Is that sort of the basics of it? Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll, the yamas are non-harming, non-lying, non-stealing, non-excess, and non-attachment. Ah. Sounds like, like right. things that we talk about in meetings all the time. Yeah, yeah. And then we have cleanliness, which is like keep your side of the street clean. And when you go to treatment centers, you learn how to keep your your environment clean. You 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 know, finally learn how to take a shower a day, make your bed, do the dishes, take <laughs> mm -hmm. out the garbage, you know, that sort of thing. You learn contentment. And if you think about acceptance and gratitude, mm -hmm. I call those the bookends for contentment. Yeah. In yoga, in yoga, that's what they yeah. teach. Wow. This is yoga. And the, the uh, self-study, discipline, and surrender. So these 10 things that I've listed are the first steps of moving into the 
what we call the the Raja path, the the royal path of yoga. And the physical practice Mm -hmm. is step number three. Wow. So the yamas are step one, the niyamas, so the restraints are step one, the observances are step two, and the physical practice is step three, and then there's the pranayama or the breath practice. So you can see... um, you know, if you go to the the types of class yoga mm. classes that do talk for a few minutes before you practice, mm-hmm. or you set an intention. Yep. They're all coming out of this same um, uh, the, the, this same category of of investigating principles. And then the body has so many stories to tell, mm-hmm. and learning to listen to your body is that great way of being able to prevent relapse like Mm. how do you know if you're hungry angry lonely or tired Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's it's a body awareness that no one ever teaches you we never talk about right correct but it seems such an obvious thing yeah yeah so it just all loops in back on itself and it just is a, a in the discussion groups that we have it's just a new framework for discussing uh what we hear at meetings And because it's an all recovery path, Mm -hmm. there's the upside, which is we get to hear about how these principles impact you, whether you're whether you're giving up gambling or Mm -hmm. sugar or, you know, indiscriminate sex or whether you're uh, uh, clean and sober Mm -hmm. uh, through abstinence from drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to hear how these values influence your life. The bad part is because uh it's not conference approved and it's multi-recovery you can't list it in any meeting guide oh really right that's fascinating i was going to ask how the uh what is it i I don't know if you know and everybody that's listening is like we know chris but uh i'm not a a aa or 12-step guy yeah we know chris Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but so whenever there's uh uh so in terms of promoting it how you you have to rely on attraction or word of mouth right? or what i mean it's, right i mean it's total word of mouth yeah right. you're right like what does it mean when i use a phrase like conference approved right um you know whether you're aa or na any one mm. of the 12 step programs have uh national conferences and at those big conferences mm-hmm. they approve the literature that, that that goes in the pamphlets the little right. uh, paper handouts that you have or uh, what has been put into their main book. Sure. So, and those are the only things that are uh, legal to talk about at meetings is the mm. conference-approved literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, otherwise people would be bringing in whatever right. their book yeah. at that moment. So it's how we maintain singleness of purpose. On the other hand, it's only through my, not my, but people's steadfast refusal to be completely anonymous. Right. We've been able to get the word out about uh, what we would might call companion practices. Like sure. Well, and this sounds like a phenomenal, like, compliment. Yeah. I mean, just, astound, you know, astonishingly good. I, I've, do, I've never, I don't think, I'm just trying to think, practiced yoga at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, this sounds this is sounds very um, yeah exciting. Quite yeah, frankly, it is. I like the way you've you've described it. Um, so I know I'm going to back up one more time. Why 12 SR and SOAR? Do you have a relationship with those beyond teaching them or? Okay, uh, and, and they're, they're two totally different Right, animals. I understand. So the SOAR is my guy, 
and I teach that and I practice it in treatment centers. When I'm able to bring a meeting, right. I go to the Y12SR model. Gotcha. And I teach that those twice a week at a yoga studios just open to the general public. Interesting. So you teach them at yoga studios and it's an hour long meeting and an hour long yoga practice. That's right. tied to me. It's, it's so dynamite. We had one today and it was, you know, you sit and you have this very deep conversation and mm-hmm. today's subject was uh, non-lying. Non, okay. So the subjects are sort of in the practice. Right. Okay. So, so we talked about non-lying and how our truths are changeable. And then we bring that into the practice. Like, how do you, how do you? Tell yourself the truth about what effort you can expend. Um, how do you are, how do you stay on your own mat rather than trying to do someone else's practice? Mm. You know, you look over at someone else's mat, you're going, "Oh my God, they're touching the ground. I should touch the ground." And so you begin lying to yourself right. about your capabilities and your uh, your abilities. So true. Yeah, and that, that can, what we say is, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And uh, so when you stay on your own mat and feel your own practice, it can be a joyful experience no matter what the pose looks like. I'm big on health and safety. I'm not big on gilding the lily, you know. Oh, you know, turn your hand thusly and stick your pinky out. That's not my practice. My practice is to get grounded, integrated, and dignified. Wow. That's amazing. And uh, and so sore is 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 your mm-hmm. creation. Yeah. Um, and how 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 long has have you been uh, working that in institutions? I've been teaching in institutions for about eight years. I developed the sore practice after about three years of teaching. When I realized that there were certain. Um, there's certain things that were common to all situations. Well, number one, you're teaching people who are detoxing. Sure. You know, you've got to quick change what you're going to teach. If you're doing, if you've come in with the idea that you're going to do balances and twists and you have half the class that's been detoxing, you cannot do this. It's right. not, mm-hmm. um, if you, uh, knowing how to dress yourself in a, in a very modest fashion when you're teaching, uh, mixed groups. Mm-hmm. Hypersexuality is one mm. of the things that happens when you're detoxing. Absolutely keep yourself neutral. This is not mm. a time to prance around in fancy pants. Right. You know, it's it's a time to to really let the student be more aware of themselves than they are of you. Yeah. Become a shadow. Yeah. That, so that's crazy. So how well, you go into a treatment center, these people have no idea this is coming in. How how do they respond to this thing? I have had the gamut. I've had the gamut from Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Cross your arms, you know. Yeah. Shout your lips and look at me like I'm a crazy woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I say, that's okay. I say, you know, we're in here in this circle. We're going to practice yoga. So you it, do it in a circle. I love that. Uh, yes. It's the best formation. I don't always have that. Yeah. That possibility. Right. Sometimes they put you in a closet. Sure. But. <laughs> you know, but right. in general, when you keep me in a circle, you're in the circle, and and that's more often than not. It's okay. We're going to be in the circle, and if you want to participate, come into the circle. If not, I'm I will find you another place to be yeah. because I don't let people watch. It's not TV, right? And it can really uh, mess with your sense of security and your sense of independence and your um, oh. 
you know, your ability to move without getting those external editors going. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So you want to make it safe. So, you know, but in general now, you know, they know me, I'm the yoga lady and I've been doing it for so long. I see them in jail. Then I see them in treatment. And then three years later, they say, Hey, didn't you go to Mariposa? Yeah. I say, I see your back. I said, good for you. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're stepping onto this road of wellness again. Um, so, you know, I see them from place to place now since I've been going around. Oh, I heard about you. Yeah. So, it's, so how does that work? Does an institution contract you for like a set number of, of classes or do you go in? I go in, yeah, once a week. I've got one facility where I go in twice a week, but usually it's once a week. And I kind of, I was, you know, when I started this, I was just so naive. Hmm. And I had the best results from being naive. Yeah. I, wrote, I wrote letters with like a little resume and sent them to the five treatment centers in the area. And one of the treatment centers closed. Uh, one of them uh, was more Christian and really at that time didn't feel that yoga would suit. And the three other places engaged me right away. And so I've been working at these three places for quite a while. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So they it's, totally see the value of this. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but, they do. And, and, and there, there are some, of, some counselors... Uh, ask this to be part of their treatment plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's great. And uh, so is, is it treatment, uh, specifically like rehab type treatment center? You, but mm-hmm. you mentioned, do you, do you go into like jails, prison? I go into jail. And at, right okay. now I'm only going to the women's side, but I've go, been going there for a little over two years. Mm-hmm. So I go to the women's side on Saturday mornings and I'm friends with all the guards and they let me in and they're happy to have me there. People go back to the cells, you know, pretty mellow. Yeah. Right. And sometimes I have three women. Sometimes I have 30. Wow. And this is so, and it's still a dual yoga 12 step Yeah. for anything. Not in the treatment centers because they only give me like 50 minutes and they, oh, gotcha. so it's no talk. So when it's talking, I do the Y12SR model and which you know, of course, I brought my sore sensibility to that because right. I know how to be in treatment centers. And then in uh, in jail, it, we do have a short meeting and then we have a yoga practice. Gotcha. That's amazing. It's, I mean, you're, you're sort of out in front and, and dovetailing nicely with what's finally going on at the, I mean, the federal level, basically, mm-hmm. um, with, which is, you know, tr- treat people the under the underlying addiction and the, and the, the causes and the person yeah. don't uh, punish right right I mean uh, you're right there yeah I was um, it's sort I of the other way forward uh, for the unite to face addiction rally right and hung out got to hang out in the wellness tent uh, with Nikki and with Durga Leela who does combines Ayurveda yoga mm-hmm. and recovery and um, and Tommy Rosen was there, who has his recovery. Team. Oh right. So, right. so you know we're you know we're all hovering around the same wellness model, mm-hmm. intersecting it in the best we can. Now I call myself a trench person, meaning I I do I I'm in the trenches. I yeah. I in the treatment centers. I'm in jail. I uh, have the the classes here at the yoga studio. So I, I'm like one-on-one with the people who are benefiting from the practice. And I, I really love it. They're, they're just, it's, 
we've got a very, in yoga, we have a word kula, which means a, a peep, peeps. So we've got our little kula here, our peepdom. Your peepdom, oh yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's so cool. And so if someone's listening out there and they, like, I could see, I could see myself getting into this because I do yoga and I'm in recovery and the mm-hmm. two don't meet, although I go to a yoga class and then go to a meeting all the time. I do that all the time. But I don't, you know, it's, they're not together, but if, it sounds like there's a, if you're out there listening and you want to combine these two things or start one of these groups locally, what do you do? Like, where would you go? Well, the first thing I would say is do the Y12SR training. Well, I'd okay. love to tout my training. I would say do the Y12SR because that's a uh, more that's foundation uh, based. Yeah. Okay. And it's, uh, uh, it really gives you also those leadership skills to be able to hold that space. And as I said, I've been in recovery for a long time. And yeah. so when I, got connected with Nikki Myers. I got to teach the Y12SR a little bit before taking the training because she kind of knew that I, I had my head on, mm-hmm. you know, semi straight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've been doing yoga for a while and teaching people in recovery for a while. So mm-hmm. probably within the first six months, I, I went out to Indianapolis and took her training and it gave me a lot of insight as to how to hold space in a, a non-invasive way you know, to, to Mm -hmm. let, be able to set out a topic, but have it not be about me. Right. So that's interesting. You say hold space. It's sort of, you're, it's not like you're the chairman of anything or running anything. Mm -hmm. It's, it's trying to allow the meeting to happen or something. It sounds like. uh, Or there's art to it. In the seventies, we had a phrase called leaderful where we didn't have a leader, but we all shared that idea of leaderfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which is true in an AA meeting. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have a secretary forever. We don't have the chairperson, the, the chairperson forever. Right. And which has been kind of awkward in terms of the Y12SR because I've been holding these meetings for over five years and I am the space holder. So I really work toward once I set out uh, the topic to let go and, and step back and not no cross, absolutely no crosstalk, no comment, no weaving my opinion or my you know, even if they look at me like, you know, Kitsky, what do you think? Yeah. I, I try to even keep my nonverbals pretty contained yeah. so that everybody can work through just like at a meeting, you yeah. know? Yeah. We don't we don't solve anybody's problems. We mm-hmm. give them space to hear what it is and find their own way through. Yeah. And yeah, just to put it out there. Just yeah. That's so, the power of it all. To your point, and just in case this this piece didn't make it on earlier, you talked about early on in your practice, your, when you began to practice, you, you said you cried through a lot of it, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the power of, of working through uh, your recovery in this, I guess, very physical and spiritual and thoughtful way yeah. that was different than the steps. And oh, I guess here, here's my question. So you must see that now a lot of that in your practice you must deal with a lot of like raw vulnerable vulnerability um and see like people come and go people relapse and come back that kind of thing yep absolutely all all of that and one of the things that is of uh of the one of my biggest challenges you know because my nikki says that if you scratch an addict or an alcoholic underneath you find a codependent Mm. and (laughs) so true nikki (laughs) <laughs> I know. You know, and I grew up, I, I'm a daughter of an alcoholic. And so I really honed those skills from an early age. Um, and, uh, you know, so my, 
I, I need to sit back and let people cry, let mm-hmm. them have their own feelings, let themselves find their own way through and come to uh, the other side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, avoid rushing over and saying, oh, it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. I wait till after the, the meeting, after the class. And if they come to me and want to express themselves, I, I let them and say, yes, it is completely normal. If I notice that it's happening, sometimes it'll happen in waves. I'll mention as we start, you know, don't be alarmed if, you know, that from time to time this will happen. Yeah. Because you don't want someone to feel like they're not doing it right if it doesn't happen. Right, right, you know? right, right. So, but why aren't I crying? What the hell is going on? Right, right. That's funny. So th- I mean, there's a lot of writing about how our issues live in our tissues. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the it, it truly is a real, a real thing that in right. our fascia we hold the memory of a trauma, right. whether it's soft trauma, which is a weird word, soft trauma or hard trauma. Mm-hmm. So hard trauma would be like being in an automobile accident. Soft trauma would be like, you know, one of your parents loses their job and you have to move to an apartment house from your big, big home. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that's traumatizing, but it isn't something that you can say, oh, wow, this happened on this day. Right. All of those things get lodged in your body and then influence how you express your sense of security, what mm. is keyed and cued in you. That's interesting. So, so it sounds like you'd been in recovery for a while. You'd plateaued out. And we all get there. And it's funny because uh, I have a sponsee. And Stage 2 Recovery was a book that we mm. talked about mm-hmm. trying to you know, get you off that plateau. And there's this great book by this guy named Shogam Trungpa, who's a Buddhist monk. And it's called uh, Shambhala. And it, it sort of helped me at some point. Excite. And it sounds like this did that for you. Yes. Like this practice opened you up in a way that re- that the 12 steps just didn't or couldn't or or didn't put you there, correct? Right. And because, you know, well, my approach with the 12 steps had been primarily intellectual. I mean, we mm-hmm. always say that 18 inches of dropping from your brain to your heart is the most difficult <laughs> but most important fall will take. Yeah. Um, and, but my intellect had been my uh, my, uh, my veil. Your protector, you, yeah. My protector. Yeah. And so there were just certain things that, that, you know, it wasn't my fourth step. These were things that had happened beyond my control mm-hmm. that were outside of me, that, that were actors creating my worldview. Mm-hmm. And, and that worldview was no longer serving me. It was going to crush me. Mm. And so that's why that physical, the physical movement of yoga uh, uh, was so critical. And, and although my mind wanted to understand why I was crying, I just had to give it up. Mm-hmm. I had to give it up. And it's, it has even happened as recently as maybe six months ago. I was in a yin class and, um, I'm there in caterpillar pose. I mean, it's kind of a forward fold and I'm kind of supported, but it's a, it's a, it's not the easiest forward fold, but it's not really difficult either. Either. And I'm just there and we're holding the pose for like five minutes and something gave and I started crying. Wow. And I thought, okay, thank you, God. So is the, is the actual yoga practice itself a pose oriented practice that you hold poses or is it a flow class or is it like what's it actually like what's uh, the experience you like you should take my class <laughs> i know or a little bit of both it's never anything oh no. okay oh, where are where are you i'm in i'm in san jose california san jose okay well maybe I, I, 
Sometimes we'll do a yin class, like when we do santosha, which is that contentment. I might do a restorative class. We yeah. do tapas, which is discipline, which is change through fire. I might do a hot flow class. Wow. So I, I teach a variety of classes depending both on the topic and on who's in the room. Okay. So, so if I have some people who have got some physical in- injuries or who are brand new to yoga, yeah. I'm not going to bring them through a hot flow class. No. That would just be mean. Yeah. That's Okay. So that, so that doesn't matter. The actual practices all kinds. Right. All kinds of ways. So we're always moving through our chakras. We're always moving through our koshas. So we're moving through the koshas, our, the, our energetic body, our physical body, emotional body, mm-hmm. the intellectual or observing body, and our spiritual body. Wow. Always working through those. And it, when you design a yoga class, you're trying to move from the grounding from your seventh chakra up to that blissful release in uh, Shavasana or our final pose of mm-hmm. tranquility. Right. And, and how much actual yoga training itself, formal yoga training, is involved in all this? Or did you start doing classes and then went to this Y12SR training and that covered it? Or have you been... Good. That is a really good question. Um, in order to teach it in any public forum, I would suggest taking the uh, just a, any... 500 hours or 300 hours or whatever that... It's a 200 hours. 200 hours, okay. Yeah. And then I took the additional training to become a 500-hour, and then I'm also can teach at the 500-hour level, which is why I'm E-R-Y-T, 500. But you first be a yoga teacher. Uh, if you want to do a Y12SR training, you can do that without being a yoga teacher, but but can't hold you know know that you're going to go back and grab a yoga teacher who's going to teach the yoga part. Right. Because you do need to know about what are contraindicated poses, oh, what, yeah. how, how to sequence, yeah, you know, how, yeah. to, how to address physical issues. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you certainly do plenty to work your own recovery. Yes. I mean, uh, has, has, have, are the 12 steps always part of it have they ever not been part of it mm-hmm. uh, no actually right now I, uh, you might or may not know but i wrote a book called yoga and the 12-step path that kind right. of shows why i found what i found uh analogous between the philosophies and i'm now working on doing the steps a yogic way mm-hmm. so maybe after you've done your steps the, the first time by the book whatever mm-hmm. whichever 12-step program you're in and if you're interested in yoga you might want to look at how you can address the steps from a yogic perspective. Wow. So like what, yeah, like what's involved in that? Okay. Well, let's, uh, as I'm, as I am just writing it now, it's it's all in pieces and parts, but I'll tell you that, that for example, when you look at something like, uh, the first step where you're, um, well, let me jump to the seventh step. It's sixth step and seventh step. When okay. you're looking at your um, your def- defects, or as Stephanie Covington calls them, which I love, is defenses of character. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, ways that we act in order to defend ourselves. Yeah. We may no longer need to defend ourselves in that way. Which is totally what it is, right? Yeah. It's yeah. funny. It's your little protections. It is. There are your protections and it makes it feel like, Oh, I, I need to dig down a little deeper and figure out why I need this protection. Mm-hmm. You know, am I unskilled at, at creating boundaries? Am I, uh, am I 
going back through time and responding as I would have before I had these other skills. Um, do I need more self-care? Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Is my energy flagging? So you might go through your koshas. You might go through halt. You might uh, look at um, what uh, there's also these things called kleshas, which are uh, our ignorance, which are our suffering. So our ego, um, attachment, aversion, and fear of death. Hmm. These are things that influence how we see life or how we interpret life. So when I'm working with my sixth and seventh step, what am I holding on to? What am I afraid of letting go? Where is my ego involved? Am I feeling too big or too little? Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of transition am I fearing? What kind of big void in my life am I avoiding? Sometimes you need to have nothing before you can have a new something. Yeah. But it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, that's interesting. So the, these things could be the topics of these meetings before the class. Right. And right. then we'd work through the class and kind of get rid of this stuff, or I guess that's what you'd yeah. be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so again, as the outsider, I mean, I just, I'm curious. So within the how the the, the twelve steps as as seen through a is it yogic. Yogic. Yogic, Yogic. Uh, lens. Is there any element of sponsorship and sponsees in the class? Are there are, are people sort of helping others within it? Yeah, now that's, uh, that. again, you come up with great questions. Um, in Y12SR or in SOAR, you don't have sponsors. And I think that is one of the absolutely beautiful things about 12-step recovery is that sponsorship has uh, benefits of uh, at so many levels, mm -hmm. right. being on both sides of that relationship, developing trust, uh, looking, looking out for another person, looking out for yourself, developing qualities of self-esteem. When you're talking, when I'm talking to a sponsee, I am kinder and better and wiser mm. than I am when I'm talking inside of my ears. Mm -hmm. So this yogic yeah. way through the 12 steps would be just another way of, of, for you and your sponsor who you may both be enjoying a yoga practice or maybe both enjoying um, uh, yoga and recovery. And this would be a way to a, a different lens, a different pair mm -hmm. of glasses, as Chuck Chambers might call it. So just a different pair of glasses to look at your recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's been six or seven years since you've done the, uh, uh, a deep dive into the 12 steps. This might give you another way of looking at them. Yeah, that's cool. And so if you're out there and you're in recovery and you've never done a yoga class, uh -huh. right? Uh, is, yeah. I wonder if there's like good advice on how to get that started or how, because you can do them at home. They're all over online. Is there any videos online of this specific kind of thing? Thanks for asking. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I'll set you up there. Yeah, thank you. I'll take that. Uh, StudioLiveTV.com has uh, recovery-infused yoga classes. You can view them one at a time for like $5, or you can watch Unlimited for a month for $10. Or I mean, there's different things, but you do have to pay to have the tube to project the classes. But I did do... You know, I did the yamas and the yamas and all the 12 steps and uh, some other uh, 
you know, ideas or, sure. that have been uh, it unpacked in a yoga class and uh, their basic classes. My, ba- my classes tend to be very fundamental. You can't tell what you're feeling if you're moving along at a great rate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very fundamental. Well, it's funny, like it just recently, and I, I don't know, I've been doing yoga for f- over five, six years. I, I just figured out it's just become easier to breathe and move at the same time. That takes a long time to figure that out. You know, it takes yeah. a, it's just it's a lot of practice to kind of get all that down. Just to just to get to that point where you're not holding your breath in the right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So I, I imagine if just you'll like this joke then because uh, you probably have heard the word po- uh, for poses is called asana. Yes. So if you're not breathing. While you're while you're doing yoga, you're committing a sonicide. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I had no idea how funny yoga was because I was just on your I think site or your page, and you had a I, I know warrior pose. My wife and daughter love, yeah. love yoga. But you had warrior pose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> person really practicing cool. with all the things. That's funny. Um, so, well, this is actually very uh, inspiring. Like yeah. you, you two are making, <laughs> are making me want to get some yoga, get, get your yoga, yoga on. on. Yeah. Um, uh, How long do you have in the in the program? How long have you been sober? Thirty years. Long time. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yep. This this it's a good year, run, in, as in they say. A couple of months, uh, we'll be celebrating my thirty first of. Uh, 31st year of sobriety and you know god willing i'll make it till april and so this year i'm calling my 50 50 year i will have been uh, sober half my life wow that's awesome congratulations that's fantastic yeah, that's awesome. so and and you look at this like you know you're in sobriety and we're all on this spiritual path we're all mm-hmm. you know trying to practice this 11th step and trying to get closer you know develop this relationship with a higher power or spiritual being or whatever that is and then giving back and, and helping people. There's lots of times. And I think for me, like I'll be closer to the 12 steps in parts of my life and farther away and you just, whatever. But it sounds like you've, this thing that you found has put you in the middle of the boat, I guess, or some kind of spiritual place. That's just, you, you sound like you've got it. You know what I'm saying? To give it away. I, I feel more, more grounded and more complete. Yeah. I'm not lovely every day or all the time every day, but I am able to call myself up short a little quicker Yeah, and dig down and figure out why I, you know, what do I need to, am I like mm. looking for my husband to tell me I'm, I'm the be- best thing since sliced bread. Right. And if so why do I need to hear it from mm. him? What, what kind of uh, raw failing am I, uh, what what am I avoiding in my life? Mm-hmm. What am I trying to, uh, you know, what is my attra- attachment? What is my aversion? Uh, what's going on when yeah. I'm behaving in a less than composed manner? Because yeah. I do it every day. Yeah. I mean. Well, it's so funny. I mean, that's, that is the journey we are all on is to get to that point. Cause you just don't know any of that crap when you first get here. Right. Oh, right. Which is why when I teach in treatment centers and when we have newcomers in the circle, I keep it supremely simple. Sure. You know, it's get grounded, breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, now move your arm. Now get mm-hmm. grounded, breathe. Move the other arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It's because it is, you know, what did we say? It's, it's simple but not easy. Right. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's just breathing. I tell this story uh, uh, about this woman in uh, 
in jail who uh, I that was one of my first times there, and I, I saw this this woman. I'll, I'll call her Martha, and uh, she um, saw her one day. Next next Saturday, I come in, and she comes in to chat me up while I'm rearranging the room. And I said, "Well, where's everyone else?" And she said, "Oh, they're having a meltdown. I said, there was something about the uh, commissary cookies. They're e- either decreased in size, or you're getting fewer." <laughs> a big. I mean, it was. This is know, a big deal. It's all relative, right? When there's nothing in your life right. you control, yeah. getting the right number of cookies is very important. Absolutely. That's you know, so I'm, I'm listening to her and she said, so I just looked around and I told him, just effing breathe. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. All right. You've got the lesson from last week. It's just breathe. Yeah. Moment. <laughs> Chill. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, we all come in here just crazy, like obsessive thinking and egomania and paranoia and you're just in your head and there's so many there's been so many times in my life when I wish I could just shut my head off right Mm -hmm. I can just shut my thoughts and just say I wish I could turn my brain off so I wouldn't obsess about whatever it is and through this this mindfulness and breathing and all of that which you just don't quite even know how to access it's quieting your brain it's calming down it's being thoughtful it's not reacting in the moment it's taking some time to think about it. It's one day at a time. I mean, it's all that stuff. Yeah. And it's a practice. Like, it's just, it's not easy, right? It is a practice. So when, when I teach in treatment centers, uh, every day, every time I tre- teach and, or when I teach in jail, I, I leave them with three things. And one is uh, we start off breathing and then I have them check in and they mostly they feel softer and lighter after uh, maybe 10 slow, deep three-part breaths. Mm -hmm. The next thing is standing tall, standing with dignity and uh, noticing how they feel. And uh, given that, you know, you can practice yoga and no one has to know you when you're standing in pill line, when you're standing waiting for your your counselor, when you're you're out, all these out of control, impatient moments, you can stand and practice yoga. And the last one is we do a balance pose. And I put them into either a modified eagle pose, which is where you wrap your legs around one leg around the other and balance on one leg, mm. or in a, a lovely simple tree pose. Mm. And when we come out of the pose, I say, okay, could you worry about yesterday when you were holding that pose? Could you worry about what was going to happen next? No, you could only be in your body in that moment when you're balancing. Yeah. So that's another a tool that you have when you get that that squirrel cage brain mm-hmm. try yeah. a balance yeah that's great yeah that is terrific you may you may remember <laughs> last night my uh my my daughter we we got her this book it's actually called uh it's like bedtime yoga or something she's five uh-huh and uh well, i don't think we'd we'd read it in a while i think she does upstairs in her bedroom before yeah. bed sometimes but she brought it downstairs and was demonstrating we had no idea she was doing a tree oh. pose with her her eyes closed on you know one fo- wow well, you guys know that i'm telling you guys yeah, yeah. on one foot yeah and I, I was amazed and she was just absolutely seemed serene and calm and yeah that's um, awesome so it's, this is all sort of uh yeah. the synchronicity here is, is pretty interesting yeah um and uh is it Miriam gates's book I'm not sure. It sounds that sounds right. It's it's um, like a greenish cover, I think. 
Uh, I think hers is like sort of darkish blue. It's called, it's illustrated bedtime yoga or something like that. Yeah, that's, I think it's Mariam Gates. Okay, I think you're probably right. Yeah, so that she's uh, Rolf Gates' wife, and Rolf Gates is a big yoga and recovery guy. Oh, Oh, really? That's fascinating. Well, how about that? Heritage going on here. That is fascinating. That's cool. Um, Well, listen, Kitsi, I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you uh, persevering through my technical difficulties but uh, it's sort of par for the course oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so grateful that you guys asked me and I've loved this conversation this has been awesome yeah it's it was fantastic I mean the, our, our best episodes are just like this where it, it's yeah. it's literally just a conversation where one of us happens not to be in the room and yeah. um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and, yeah. and found it uh, enlightening and inspiring so yeah. I, know, I know I'm gonna go find a meeting with the yoga thing here in St. Louis, Missouri, <laughs> and figure this out. Y12SR.com, and you can find a meeting near you. All right, cool. Y12SR.com, and find, okay. And and then you, you're, you are at yogarecovery.com, correct? Correct, correct. And uh, the videos you mentioned, and this is at least for my own knowledge, is studiolivetv.com? Correct, and there's a tab on my uh, on my website. Oh, on your website. Okay, great. That, that'll lead you there. Okay. And it's a tab that'll show you the books that I've written. Fantastic. And, and where I teach and what I'm doing. Okay. Fantastic. Cool. Great yes. to meet you. This has yeah, been re- incredibly enlightening, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Namaste. <laughs> All right, have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Another clean and sober intervention.